over 3 million Canadians struggle to make ends meet, research shows that social economic status and health are intertwined. Dr. John Miller, a clinical professor at UBC, explains why poverty needs to be treated as an urgent health issue. It's an invisible problem that you can't see it, you can't taste it. So you can easily just say it's not a problem and ignore it. People aren't, don't realize that if we have a large chunk of our population that are living in poverty, that's bad for all of us because those people require more health services, there's more crime, more money spent on soup kitchens and, and ambulances and police and courts and all of that stuff. People just don't get that. They neither realize the amount of poverty nor the level of inequity that we have. Chronic stress has a significant impact on the health of people living at social disadvantage, explains Dr. Gary Block, a family physician with St. Michael's Hospital. And what I see in both those settings pretty consistently is that people who are at sort of the most disadvantaged ends of the social impact scales suffer the worst health effects. And I see them suffering from all health conditions, so chronic illness like diabetes and heart disease, acute illnesses like flu and pneumonia, even accidents and trauma. I see them coming in with the, all these conditions more often, coming in at an earlier age and coming in with worse manifestations. And it's quite evident to me that these conditions are progressing faster and to a worse degree in people who live at social disadvantage. This is why many doctors now consider social determinants of health when treating patients. This means not only treating their illnesses, but also considering a person's social condition. With this in mind, Dr. Gary Block has developed a poverty tool to help physicians treat their patients according to their various social needs. It's an attempt to frame a social issue like poverty for family physicians in a way that we frame other complex conditions that we're expected to deal with in a 10 or 15 minute family practice interview. So what this does is lays out a simple three-step approach to addressing a social issue like poverty in a typical family practice encounter. And so the three steps, again, are just screening everyone for their income, taking the evidence around poverty and health and, and using that to inform our health decision-making and then actually understanding some basic interventions for our patients. So we can guide our patients towards things like income tax benefits, disability programs, and social assistance benefits and these sorts of relatively high-impact income intervention programs that are out there, which unfortunately many, many of our patients don't know about. This tool has helped doctors frame poverty as a medical issue, not just a moral one, explains Dr. Block. Kind of what we saw happen with smoking through the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, where smoking shifted from being seen as sort of primarily a social issue to absolutely a core medical issue. And you saw almost every major medical health provider come on board in the struggle to reduce rates of smoking. And I, I think they had to go through a similar cultural shift. And that's exactly what we're doing with social issues like poverty. I absolutely hope to see the physician voice on the front lines of anti-poverty struggles. One of the reasons perceptions are changing is that the cost of poverty on the health system is staggering. Saskatchewan alone is losing billions of dollars a year because of poverty, says Dr. Ryan Miley, an assistant professor at the University of Saskatchewan. In a province of a million, scale that up to the whole country and scale up that $3.8 billion lost here to the whole country, you start to realize this is a pretty massive problem. Estimates around $80 billion a year lost to Canada, not to mention the human suffering and indignity that are connected to this. He adds that doctors should be advocates for their patients and use their influence to push for policy change. 
There's a growing movement around the world for this concept of health in all policies. And this is the idea that health decisions don't rest within the Ministry of Health. What we need to be doing is thinking of all of government as a Ministry of Health, as the body which can help create the conditions for the best health. Each department, whether it's finance or education, as they're making their decisions, one of the sets of questions they ask is around what are the health impacts to make sure that the decisions that are made are really taking into account the whole project of government, which is ultimately to improve our well-being. Dr. Miley strongly believes that better, more stable income is one of the issues doctors should be advocating for. The very simplest thing we could do is get people more money. And that could be things like this idea of a guaranteed annual income, making sure that we actually give everyone enough to stay above the poverty line. When you introduce guaranteed annual income, you actually get more people working because they get enough resources to actually get over that hurdle of poverty and, and dependence upon social assistance. And a lot of the things that people worry about turn out not to happen. People don't use more drugs or work less. They tend to actually work more and do better. Affordable and safe housing is another issue that can help reduce health inequities, says Dr. Paula Gehring, a professor at the University of Toronto. In her study on homelessness, people who were given a place to stay were more likely to be treated for health issues before they became serious problems that require intensive and costly resources. The individuals who were housed were using health care, but they were using what I would call more appropriate and effective kinds of health care. In the long run, you are... <laughs> getting people off the streets and out of the ERs and out of the inpatient units and getting them into a position where they can have a reasonable life. That is of interest because what you've invested, you are getting an equal amount of savings in the healthcare costs. Finally, she adds that doctors can help in changing the perception that eradicating poverty costs too much. It's always a trade-off in terms of what's not going to be funded if you fund this. And I think that's where the politicians avoid making the tough decisions and putting them in front of the electorate. So thinking that it is the responsibility of society to take care of these problems and not thinking of it as a, a problem for individuals is a, is a big part of the equation that people have to buy into if you're going to move forward on this agenda. For Evidence Network, I'm Melanie Holoboski.